0: This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Matt Bolin of Faith Christian Family Church in Lubbock, Texas. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Let me introduce myself for those of you. I don't get to hang out with the second service much, so let me introduce myself so you know who I am and you're not just wondering who this guy is. Uh, my name is Matt Bolin. I'm the associate pastor here at the church. Um, and uh, Pastor Shelley and Pastor Stormy are on vacation right now, and so they will be back with us Wednesday night. So I ask that you would pray for them um pray that god continues to keep uh reviving them uh, just giving them rest and just continue working with them and 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 just renewing their minds and doing some things like that it's a great thing um we all need a break every once in a while and so i know we all look forward to vacations and uh um i I think pastor stormy would want me to share this he did beat his brother in golf so that's a good thing so it started off on a great week so all right um well, we are sure glad you guys are here today. I'm going to be sharing a, a, a message with you. And so if you would like to follow along in the Word of God, our ushers are here to serve you. If you'd lift your hand up in the air and let them know. They've got a Bible they'd love to pass to you. And so you can turn through the Scriptures along with us. Go ahead and lift your hand up in the air, and they will come serve you. Today's message is titled, What's Your Worth? What's your worth? What's your value? What, if somebody were to put a price tag on you, what do you think you'd be worth? Um, you know, in today's society, there's a lot of... Uh, supply and demand which creates our prices and so as God started working with me through some of these things he started kind of walking me through a process and uh, that's how God does things with me. He gives me a thought and then he kind of just takes me along a journey and when he did this he kind of just reveals some different things. You know it's funny um, when you talk to people of ge- different generations who remember prices of different things. Um, this week I was hanging out with uh, uh, Amanda's whole family. It was awesome. It was a great time. We were hanging out together and um, my uh, pastor's dad was there. Pastor's mom and dad came with us and it was a great time. We had fun and he, he had asked if I could stop by the store to pick up this item for him and, and it's always funny whenever uh, grandparents share what prices used to be and man they really watch the price all the way down to the penny and he says hey I need you to go in and pick up these things. It was a little toothpick holder thing and he said you know it's 99 cents it used to be or it used to be 99 cents now they've raised the prices i don't know why it's the same toothpick holder now it's a dollar 39 and i used to be able to get this many for five dollars now i can only get this many and i don't get and he starts going on this rant and this you know and it's like it's funny just hearing people talk about the value of things um You know, talking about gas prices and talking about milk prices. And I remember when we used to pay 50 cents for a gallon of gas. And and it's just, it's funny to hear those things. And so, um, you know, with value in our world, it seems to go up and down. And the question in our lives is, what do you think your value is? There's this word that we use. It's your net worth value. That's what society uses. That is basically once you take all your debt away, it's how much money you have. And that's what they label, your net worth value is this. The more you have, the more net worth value you have. And, and when you start to think about those things, sometimes you get treated different based on your value. Sometimes your value is determined by your family or sometimes your value is determined by your clothes, your car, your house, your job. You know, if you're a, a CEO, people are going to say, wow, you're up here. If you're, you know, someone that's a little bit lower than that, you may be treated different. And that's the way that God kind of opened my eyes to some things and one of the ways he did this is he 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 started talking about and he asked me the question what do you think your net worth value is to me and you know the church answered, well I'm priceless and I've you know you I'm worth your son and and all these things but it's one thing to say it it's a whole nother thing to live it and that's what I want to talk to you about today is living out your worth living out your value in this world and and understand it's not the world's perspective of your value it's god's perspective of your value that's what it comes back down to and so before we get going too much farther i want to pray if you would bow your heads and close your eyes let's pray father we thank you so much once again for the opportunity to come into this house into your house What, what what an incredible blessing that we get to come in and freely worship you so father i thank you for what you're doing in this place lord i ask that you would help me to share this message today Father, let my words be your words. Father, I pray that through simplicity and clarity that this may be delivered unto hearts that are open to receive, the ears that are open to receive. And so, Father, I thank you for what you're doing. I pray that illustrations may come to to drive home points, to help people, to help us to understand how much you truly love us. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in this place. I ask, Lord, you bless, lead, guide, and encourage each and every heart in this room. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. When you start to think about what your worth is, you know, different thoughts probably come into your mind. Oh, I think this person's worth more, this person's worth that. But when you look at God's perspective, he doesn't determine your worth on someone else. That's where supply and demand comes in. This one costs this much to make, and it's worth this much because there's only this much. God doesn't look at other people and say, well, okay, I've got Warren over here, and he, he he's a pretty good person here, but then I've got Lewis. Eh, you know, i got a lot of Lewis's. I don't have as many Warrens, so I need to make sure that Lewis is probably going to be a little bit cheaper than Warren. No. God says, looks at each individual person and says, you're worth this much. You're worth this much. And this is what I want you to understand, is that when we start to really apply god's word it changes everything james chapter 1 verse 22 and just to let everybody know i will be reading out of two different versions today a lot of them will be out of the new international version or the amplified and so it may sound a little bit different i encourage you they'll be up here on the screen you'll be able to follow along also on that so all right james chapter 1 verse 22 says this it says do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves do what it says Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Now, let's go back and understand this. We have a lot of mirrors that are up here on the stage because I want you to understand this illustration. We spend a lot of time in front of these things called mirrors, especially if you're a teenage boy. There's not a mirror that you have passed that you've not stopped and checked yourself out at trust me, I was there. In fact, I still find myself stopping and making sure everything looks okay before I move on. Well, there's a lot of time that we spend looking at these things called mirrors. Why do we spend time looking at these things called mirrors? Because they reflect the way that we look, right? When I look in a mirror, I see this is who I am. This is what's going on. If I want to make sure my hair's done right, I look in the mirror, and I can see my hair's done right. For me, it doesn't take very long. For others who have more hair, it takes a little bit longer. But when you start looking at those things, you spend time, and you say, this is the way I need to be looking. So we spend a lot of time looking in the mirror. Well, this is what God's talking about. He's saying there's a lot of people that look in the mirror. They spend time looking in the mirror, making sure everything is right, and then he says that they go away, and they forget everything. They forget what their face looks like. Well, in all reality, he's not talking about this mirror. He's talking about this mirror. He's talking about a lot of people come to church. A lot of people hear the word every Sunday and Wednesday. Every, maybe during the week you hear the word. But the problem is, it's not just about hearing the word, it's about becoming a doer of the word. This is what God is talking about. It says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Become a doer, not a listener. There's a difference. Bobby Knight used to share this statement when he was talking and coaching. He used to say these things. He said, there's a difference between watching and seeing. He said, you can see a basketball game. It's different. When you watch a game, you're studying things. He said, there's a difference between hearing and listening. I can hear music. I can hear noise around me. But when I listen, I'm paying attention to doing those things. This is what it comes back down to. You have got to be a listener and a doer, not a hearer and a walk away or God comes back, and he simply shares these thoughts with us, and he's telling us, listen, once you start to apply the word of God, it will reflect things in your life. Now, let me finish reading here, because this is what he talks about. Verse 25, it says, but the man who looks intently into the perfect law. Listen to that, intently. When you're talking about intently, it's taking time. That's spending time with the word of God. That's doing what God has called you to do into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it. He will be blessed in what he does. This is what it comes down to. If I spend time looking at this mirror, do you know what the first thing that I look at when I look at this mirror, do you know the first thing I see? Is all my things that are wrong with my face. For example, I have a scar that's about right here on my forehead. I got this scar because I tried to run my face into a rock. I don't know. I was happy, and I tripped, and my face hit a rock, and so I've got this scar on my head. So when I look in the mirror, guess what the first thing I see? I see the scar. When I was uh, younger, I used to get these red things that would pop off my face and stick out about this far, and my mind, in all reality, you know, they were little tiny things called pimples. I used to think it was like a flashing red light that everybody was staring at because what did I see when I first looked at the mirror? Everything that is wrong with my face, everything that is wrong with my hair, that's the first thing I see. Do you know what I, others see out of me? Not that. It was funny, when I was about 14 years old, 15 years old, I started, you know, you go through all those changes and you watch, you know, teenagers, trust me, you, got, you know all this, you, you get these things called pimples, they're on your face, you deal with them. Well, my mom introduced me to makeup and I was like, that's not for me, that's a girl thing. She said, just put a little bit of this on. It's called concealer. What concealer does is hides your blemishes, your mistakes. So I said, okay, I'll do it. She's like, you need to do this and put a little bit on. And so she did it. And I was like, oh, that looks better. I went back about five minutes later and took the rest of it and shoved it on my face just to make sure it was covered up. So I go to to school that day. And I remember as I'm going into school, people are like, wow. And I'm like, thank you, man. I, I appreciate that. Ah, you don't get a lot of wows when you walk into a you know classroom for the first time. You know? But hey, I must be looking really good today. And then my friend said, What is on your face? Oh. Oh, that's just something that was on there. And so, so well, I went back and looked in the mirror. This thing had like changed colors. I had this big blob of thing on my face covering up this one little mess up, and now all of a sudden that created more of an issue than that one little pimple would have in all reality. So I thought if I can conceal my mistakes people would treat me better and in all reality it caused a bigger issue. So what I'm getting at is there's a lot of times that we listen to the word but we're like that we take part of what the word says and try to conceal our mistakes with it instead of becoming a doer of the word and walking the process out with God. Do you know God kind of walked me through this. Every message I get, he starts with a thought, and then he processes me through it, and he walks through some different things. And it's funny how things will happen. And it's like it's like when you buy a new car. Nobody in Lubbock has that same car. You've never seen it before. Then all of a sudden you buy it, and everybody else bought it because it's showing up everywhere. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Same sort of thing happens when my messages go on. God starts, starts something with me, and it's like all of a sudden my eyes are open, and I'm seeing these things. My wife... Um, She had made a comment about something she was wearing. And she was like, oh, I look like this. And I was like, you look like what? She's like, yeah, I got this and this. And she's telling me all these things are wrong. I was like, I don't have a clue what you're talking about. All I see is you look pretty amazing. That was all I saw. In her eyes, she saw everything else that was wrong with it. And I find it amazing how we pick out the negative things in our life and we focus on those so much. God never picks out the negative things in our life and focuses on those. He always looks at the positive and says, here's what we can do. Now let's clean this little part up and watch what's going to happen. Once we do this, this is going to happen. But sometimes we become scared because of the way we treat ourselves. That's not the same way that God treats us. Listen to this verse out of the Amplified Version. It says, but be ye doers of the word of God. Obey the message and not merely listeners to it, betraying yourselves into deception by reasoning contrary to the truth. Let me let me explain that thought in one simple word that will define something about who you are. Don't justify what you're doing, is what God is saying. Don't come on a Sunday morning, get the word of God, and then go out on a Friday night and try to justify what you're doing. It's about becoming a doer of the word Monday through Friday, including Saturday, including Sunday. Not saying, oh, it's Sunday morning. Hey, it's the Sabbath. I'm going to trust God today. But Monday morning, wait till work. Wait till this. Wait till that. No, it says don't justify what you're doing. Try to make yourself feel better about the mistakes we've made. It's not about that. It's about recognizing those things and allowing God to heal us. For if anyone only listens to the word without obeying it and being a doer of it, he's like a man who carefully looked at his own natural face in the mirror. For he thoughtfully observed himself. Listen, thoughtfully observed himself takes time. That's not just one of these quick looks and gone. That's taking time in the morning. For example, there there are some people that, uh, I'm not going to use names, but there are people that are of the other um, other gender, not, not this gender, but the other gender, that spend a lot of time in the mornings looking at themselves. Now, that may not be you, but I have known some that have spent over three hours getting ready in the morning. Now, that's a lot of time at looking at yourself in the mirror. Now, this is what he's saying right here. Obeying it and being doer of the one, he is like a man who looks carefully at his own natural face in the Therefore, he thoughtfully observed himself and then goes off and promptly forgets what he looked like. But he who looks carefully at the faultless law the law of liberty and is faithful to it and preserves preserves in, in looking into it being not heedless listener who forgets but an active doer who obeys he shall be blessed in his doing his life of obedience what god is simply saying is this is that if you will become a doer of the word you'll be blessed it's not about just coming to church on Sunday morning and saying, oh good, check mark, done. I went to church for the week. I'm free to do whatever I want now. I used to live my life that way. And you know what? I never grew. I never got better at things because I didn't put into practice what I was being taught. It wasn't until I started to change the things about me that God started to do some, something incredible in me. Listen, God cannot do something unless you allow him to. That may be a revolutionary thought for somebody in this room. Listen, he can't do it unless you allow him to. He is a gentleman. He won't open the door until you open it. The Bible says he sits there knocking at the door. He's not going to break it down to get you to the right way. He's not going to break it down to get your family member to be a better Christian. It's about them, and it's about you, and it's about I making a choice to say, God, I don't like who I am. I want to change. Walking through that process and doing these things. When our heart changes, our lives change. Our hearts find that there is a new leader or a driver or somebody in charge of our lives. Meaning that we don't just get to make any decision. We sometimes have to take a moment and pray and ask God, what should I do here? What should I do here? What should be my option? We change in all areas and facets of our life. Every bit of it has to change when we start to serve God wholeheartedly. And that's what it comes back down to. When we make that decision, it changes everything. But until we do that, listen, nothing can change unless we allow it to change. My wife, when I first met her, and I've shared this before, I had a collection of t-shirts. And when I mean a collection, I probably had enough t-shirts to wear one every single day and not run out. That's over 300 t-shirts. I had piles of them that were so high, and I just collected t-shirts. Why? I don't know. My wife helped me to free myself of that while I was kicking and screaming during all of it. But she helped me in those areas. Do you know what? I'm better off today than I was back then. Because t-shirts aren't the answer to everything. It's about trusting and relying. Do you know what? When I got around her, it helped me to change. That's what happens when you get around God. You start to change. You start to be affected in different areas. And then you start to affect others in those same areas. But it comes down to trusting in what God is doing. God is always willing to be around to help us if we'll simply trust him. When we allow God to make a change in our life, listen, everything about you is going to start to flip around, and it's going to feel weird. One of the greatest quotes I've heard, and it's helped me in so many times, John Maxwell said this, he said, When a leader is changing, he's growing. When a Christian is changing, he's growing. When he's uncomfortable, you're growing. I can remember when I was growing, I grew pretty quick. My knees would hurt. And I would walk through all these different things. And I was awkward. I would fall over. That's probably why I hit my face on a rock because I just fell and I was too tall and all these different things. But all those things happened as I was growing. They're called growing pains. It was changing. It was uncomfortable. It was weird. Listen, I went through this thing called puberty where my voice was down here and then all of a sudden it would do that and I would keep doing these things. It changed. It did those things. But you know what? I'm better today than I was yesterday. I'm so thankful that I went through that change and I'm not done. I'm keep going. We've got more things to change about my life and this is how God looks at it. Listen, we've got better things we can do. I know you've got desires in your heart. Let me show you how we can achieve them, is what God says. When the enemy says, there's no way you'll ever get to that. It's about trusting in what God is doing. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Isaiah 58. When I get in trouble, my thinking is usually my biggest issue. I like to process things. When I process things, it causes issues because I sit there and dwell on it for a long, long, long time. But when I get my thinking back on god he starts to change the way i do things and i want you to listen to this isaiah 58 8 says this it says then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the lord will be your rear guard then you will call and the lord will answer and you will cry for help and he will say here i am Listen to what that word said. When you change, it will be like a burst of light has come into you. And not only that, he says this. He says, when that light comes, I'll start to heal things. And you're like, well, I'm not physically ill. That's okay. It's not what he's talking about. He's talking about physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, healing you of everything. But it only happens when the light comes in. How does the light come in? Well, let's go to reality. How does the light come in in the morning in your life? You open up a curtain and what happens? Light bursts in there. How did your mom and dad used to wake you up? They would open the curtains and you'd be like, oh, it's too bright. That's what happens when you open up the curtains, when you open up the door, God comes in and this burst of light comes in and it starts to heal you of these things. Listen, God is not here to harm us. God doesn't physically do anything to us until we allow him to come in. And what he does is he starts to heal us in these areas. You may have to walk through something that you've never wanted to walk through in your life before. But I will tell you this. Every time that God does something in your life, it's for your best interest. It may be hard. It may be tough. But understand this. God is doing something incredible. Now, this is what I'm getting at tonight or today. Is there have been times in my life where I have messed up so bad in my mind. Where I've made such terrible decisions that I have done this thing that's called turn my back on God because I'm so embarrassed of what I've done. So I shamefully walk around this life. So when I ask you your value and your worth at that moment, I don't feel priceless, I feel worthless. I feel like I am not worth a penny. But you know what the one thing God does? He doesn't look in the mirror and see all your mistakes. He doesn't see all these blemishes, these little things that are on your face where you can look at and you can say, oh, I remember when I did this and I remember when I did this. He doesn't look and see the roadmap of your life and all the bad decisions you've ever made. He looks at you today and says, there's my son. There's my daughter. Listen, I want want you to understand this because we have to realize this one thought. We are a mess. I, I'll say it. I'm a mess. Do you know what? Every person in this room is a mess. If you don't believe me, go to the beginning of life. The beginning of life. When babies come from their moms, do you realize they're not very clean? They don't come out with a bright smile on their face and just hair combed perfectly. No. Do you know what they do when they come out? They're pretty like sticky and they've got things on them and they've got all this stuff and you're, you're like wow wow look at all that that comes with the child we're a mess and then what happens you know the nurse does the little things cuts the cord and what do they do they take the baby and they go over and they clean up that child and then they come back and they bring a clean child the problem is is that we think we have to be that clean child to go to god But can I be honest with you? I didn't love my son or daughter any less from the moment that they came and they were dirty to the moment that they were brought to me and they were clean. I had the same amount of love from the moment, the first moment that I saw them to that next moment when they were cleaned and washed off. Understand, we're all a mess. But God doesn't look and see the mess and say, I don't want to touch that. I can can remember one time I came home from work and it was one of the summer days and it was a hot day and I came in and nobody was in the house. They were all out in the backyard and and so I put my stuff down. I walked out to the backyard and I look out there and I see my daughter, although she doesn't look like my daughter because she's covered in this brown stuff from her feet to her hair. I mean, she is just solid. They had figured out how to make a mud puddle and my daughter thought it was the funniest thing in the world. I go out there and she's doing this in it and just jumping, and mud's going everywhere, everywhere. And I looked at her, and she's like, Daddy! And I'm like, no, no, I'm yeah, hey, you know, don't hug me. right?" But you know what? I think that's what we think God's going to do with us sometimes. We think that if we're so dirty and and, and filthy and, and, and disgusting because of all the decisions we've made and all the mistakes that we've gone through, that God won't come with open arms. Do you know what happened? I washed my daughter off, didn't mean I didn't love her anymore. I washed her, I hugged her, I told her I loved her. It doesn't change the way that I look at my daughter just because she had mud on her. All I said is, let's clean you off and then I'll give you that hug. Because I kind of want to keep these clothes clean. But that's a process that we have to go through. Understand this. I didn't reject her because she was dirty. I said, let's just clean you off. I still love you. Let's do these things. That's what we have to understand. We are all a mess. We all need someone to help us clean up. We all need to walk through that process. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a big mess. Takes me a while to get cleaned up. And you know what? I'm not done getting clean. God's still working on things in my life. We're still cleaning stuff out of the attic. I think it's going to take another 70, 80, 90 years for me to be done. It'll take me 87 years. That'll be 120 at that time, so. At that point, understand, this is what God is doing. It's a choice that we make. When we choose to do the right things, God changes everything about our lives. There are times that I find myself and I get stressed out. When I get stressed out, I get irritable. When I get irritable, I get an attitude. When I get an attitude, I, I'm not really fun to be around. I, I can admit it. I, I, I get real short with things. and I, I just, I, When stress comes, nothing good happens beyond that. And understand, everybody in this room deals with that thing called stress. We all deal with it. And there's times that God has helped me to come back and realize that I've got to make a change right now. And one of the things he did is he said, I want you to write a list. At the top of the list, I want you to write two words. And then I want you to start writing below that. And he said, I want you to write two words, God is. I wrote God is, and then I put a little dash. And he said, you just, every word that comes to your mind, you just start writing it down. So I started writing. This is my list. God is sovereign. That's a pretty big word to start with, too. I was impressed, you know. uh, Sovereign. (laughs) Sorry, light moment there. He reigns over everyone and everything. And has never been stressed out. He's sovereign. The second thing is God is unstoppable. God is unstoppable, and so are those who follow Him. The third, God is holy. God is perfect, which means everything He wants slash desires for my life is far greater than anything I could have thought of. He goes. The, one of my favorite scriptures, Ephesians three, says that He will go beyond my wildest dreams. He will take my thought, I would like to do this, and God says, okay, this is where we're starting, and let me show you where we're going to go. He says his thoughts are greater and higher than mine, that we don't stop here, we keep going. It's about trusting in those everything. God is constant. I don't have to worry about God being in a bad mood. God's not like you and I, he's not emotional. God is always excited to see us. God is always willing to spend time with us. God is greater than any temptation the enemy throws my way. God is greater. God is better than anything that that world has to offer. God is better than anything the world has to offer. God is bigger than any sin or failure in my life. God is gracious He knows every stupid, foolish, sinful thing I've ever done or will do, and yet He loves me anyways. God is always here with me. Listen to this thought that God shared God has never walked away from me. He doesn't always deliver me from the fire, but He has always walked with me through it. He's faithful. God is the one who pursues me. He pursues me even on the days I tend to walk away from him. God is relentless. He has never given up on me. And God is passionate. His passion and zeal that the scripture reveals caused me to be in awe. I'll post that later today on Facebook for those who want more of it. If you didn't get to write those things down. Listen, there are times that you're going to go through stress in your life. There's times that you're going to make decisions that are going to cause bad things to happen to you. But that's when you have to come back, and instead of making it a stressful moment, you make it a God moment. That's the difference. Changing what it's all about. Is it about the stress or is it about God? That's when it comes to be the most important thing. These thoughts help me in my hardest time to remember that I am worthy, not because of anything physically I have done, except lay down my sinful life, my selfish life my all-about-me kind of life. Trusting in what God can do. Let's, let's get real for a minute real, real quick. I asked the first service this, and so I'll ask you guys these questions too. Let's ask some serious questions, and, and you can lift your hand and say, I've done that. My guess is everybody in this room is probably going to raise their hand at least once during these questions. So let me ask this. First question, have you ever cheated on a test? If you've ever cheated on a test, put your hand in the air. Me, I, I need to put a lot more than just my hand up. There's a lot of good people in here that have not cheated on tests, or a lot of bad liars. But let's ask the second question: How many have ever lied? <laughs> How many have ever stolen something? Yep. It's funny when you see police officers raise right their hand too. But let's uh, let's keep going. How many have ever driven faster than the speed limit? You speeders, you bad, you know, bad people. And there's a funny joke that goes with this. Uh, this police officer one time pulled this, this elderly couple over. And he gets up to the car, and they're going on I-15, and they're only going 15 miles an hour. He pulls up to the car, pulls them over, and, I mean, cars are just flying by. He gets up there, and he goes to the lady, and he goes, Ma'am, what, what's, what's going on? You know, the speed limit is this, and why, why are you only going 15 miles an hour? She said, Well, that sign right there says 15 she said, he said, no, 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 that's the interstate you're on, I-15. So you need to, it's not the speed limit. And so she goes, oh, the speed limit's this. And so he explains, well, about this time, he looks over in the passenger seat and sees the her husband. And he's just like, wow, it looked like he's seen a ghost. I mean, he is just messed up. And he goes, sir, is everything okay? And he goes, yeah. He said, we just got on this one. But he said, we just left Farm Road 129. So... <laughs> I'm glad you guys got it. (laughs) But you know what every one of those things tells me? In society's eyes, each and every person, because I believe everybody in this room raised their hand. Each and every one of you are unworthy in society's eyes. You liars, you're cheaters, you're stealers, and then you disobey the law. Those are all bad things. Am I right? Those are four bad things. Understand I raise my hand on every one of them too. But in society's eyes, we are bad people. By definition of the law, we are not very good. Now you may say, well, yeah, but this, yeah, but that. Listen, all that's justification. We don't justify what we do. In God's eyes, we're all wrong in those areas. That's when it comes back to when we realize this thought. You are worthy not because of anything you've done. Because of what, if, what, if it's based on what we've done, on our merits, we're extremely unworthy. That's where God comes in and helps us to understand these things. Here's what I'm talking about that we need to understand. Every one of us are w- rule breakers, we're liars, we're cheaters, we're disobedient. But God didn't say you have to be perfect to come to him. Go ahead and throw John 3.16 up there. This is one of the most quoted scriptures, and I want you to read this with me. One of the most quoted scriptures ever. People talk about this scripture all the time. They say these things, and they do this all the time. And so, once we get that up there, you guys got that? There it is. It says this, for God so loved the world. Listen, the motivation behind this entire scripture is one simple word. It's right there. Love. Love. You know what love does? Love looks beyond love your issues. If you want to find out what love does, what God's love does, go read 1 Corinthians 13. For it teaches you what love is all about. Then you can go back and reread the scripture and understand that you fit into that area. For God so loved the world that he gave his only, his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Listen, it comes to that. Go ahead and get the next scripture up there if you would. It comes to making a choice on what God, not, not that one, John 15, 16. It comes to understanding you are talked about in that verse. It's not about just me. It's not about just my kids. It's not about these people because they're better off than what you think you are. You are talked about in there. John 15, 16 says this, you did not choose me, but I chose you. You didn't choose me first. God is saying this. If you have your Bibles and you're looking at this same scripture, it's written in red letters, which means that was said by Jesus. For you did not choose me. I chose you. I chose you. God chose you. And appointed you to go and to bear fruit. Fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. That's what it comes back down to, trusting in what God has, continually realizing that you are worthy of God's best, not because of something you've done, but because of who he is. That is simply it, to a T. We have to trust in what God is doing. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, out of the Amplified Version, we'll get that up on the screen here in just a second. It says this, it says, And I am convinced and sure of this very thing, That he who began a good work in you will continue until the day of Jesus Christ. Listen, what this is very simply saying. When we look at those scriptures that said he loves us and that he chose us. He says that he started something in our lives. That he began a good work. Something to change the way that we look at ourselves. When we look in this mirror, we don't see blemishes anymore. We see God. We see with God's eyes. We don't see with our eyes. We see God. Moving through it. And it says, in, at the right time of his return, developing that good work, perfecting it and bringing it in to full completion in you. God doesn't do things halfway. He doesn't start a project and say, oh, that's way too much work. I'm done. God says, there's nothing too big for me. God is constant. God is better. God is bigger. God is greater. No matter what is going on in our world, God has simply put this thought in our world that needs us to understand you are priceless this morning when I was going over my message and getting things ready he brought me to a point in my life that I'd forgotten about (laughs) but he took me to it and he helped me to understand something quite a few years ago I was hanging hanging out with this guy who was pretty popular pretty famous um A lot of people wanted to get to know him. A lot of people were trying to talk to him and all these different things. And I had been blessed with the opportunity to become pretty good friends with him. I always treated him like I was just lucky to be in his presence. He always treated me like, hey, there's Matt. But I was always like, oh, man, I'm so thankful to be here. Thank you for this. Thanks for talking to me. Thanks for saying hi to me. I mean, that was like my day. Thank you. I'm good to go now. I can go on with the rest of my life that you've now said hi to me. And I would always treat him like that. I would say, yes, sir, no, sir. I was extremely respectful, but I treated him at a a distance because I never thought I was worthy to be in his presence. I remember one time we're talking, and there's this group around, and he comes up into the group, and I'm sitting there. And he comes up next to me, and he puts his arm around me. And he said, Matt, you know why I like you? I looked at him, and I said, no. In my mind, I'm going, do I need to give him money? Do I need to give him a car? Is he going to like me because of this? Is he going to like me because of that? No. He puts his arm around me, and he says, you know why I like you? He said, you're good. You're a good person. You're nice. You're respectful. You treat me well. I don't have to worry about what your motivation is. And as he has his arm around me, he says these simple words. And I remember it because it was kind of weird to hear. But he said, you're my bud. You're my bud. And I remember at that point, for the first time in my life, I actually thought I was worthy to be in his presence. Not because of anything I had done, but because he came up and he put his arm around me and said, you're my bud. You're my friend. And you know what? It changed something inside of me. I felt like I could be more of me instead of trying to hide all the dumb things that I do. God said, I want to do the same thing with you. I want to put my arm around you to tell you how much you mean to me. Now, you may look in the mirror and you may say, but God, look at this. But God, you see this thing right here? Right here on my forehead. Or you see this, or you see this, or you see this. Remember when I did this? Remember when I did that? He still got his arm around you and he says, I remember, but you're still my bud. You're still worthy. You're still better than the way you see yourself. Listen, it's not... We don't lose value because of the decisions we make. We lose value because of the way we think. God doesn't love us any less. The Bible says that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's consistent. He's the same. Meaning, his love for us doesn't grow because we're clean. It's the same. It's the same. You have to understand your worth or value does not ever change. God doesn't have recessions in heaven. He doesn't look at you and say, you know, you used to be worth this, but now, you know, your value's dropped. He's a creator, and his word teaches us that we are simply priceless. We are simply priceless. Let me ask, uh, I need one volunteer. Can I have a volunteer? You know, this is always interesting when I ask for volunteers because there's not a lot of movement. All right, I got one volunteer. Aaron Woods, come here. There we go. Come on up. There we go. I looked at Aaron today and I said, hey, freshman, because he just graduated high school. So and he used to be a senior, now he's a freshman again. So that's exciting to be a freshman. He smiled at me with that. So it's always interesting when uh, you come up for uh, illustrations because you never know what's going to happen. But you made a good choice in being my person today. Because you're going to, this is the most expensive sermon I've ever delivered in my life. So what's this right here? Can you tell me what this is? This is 10 bucks. Do you want this $10? Yeah. All right. I've got to do some things first, before you get this. This is $10 right here. How much is this worth in today's market? Okay, how much was it worth 20 years ago? How much is it going to be worth in a year from now? Hopefully 10 bucks. <laughs> yes. Hopefully $10. Now let me ask you this question. If I take it and I fold it like this, how much is this dollar wor- or this $10 worth now? $10. What if I fold it again? What if I make it a paper airplane? Still, $10. still $10? What if I do this? What if I crumple it up? How much is it worth? $10. What if I throw it over my shoulder? $10. What if I do this? How much is it worth? It just sticks to my foot. $10? Do you still want the $10? You're still good for it? What if I... Just kidding. I won't spit on it. <laughs> But let me ask you this question. Did the value of this ever change? No. It's still worth $10. There you go, man. You got 10 bucks. (laughs) Thank you very much. Go ahead and have a seat. Now let me ask you this question. When you get folded up because of the pressures of life, what's your value change to? When life comes and blows you around like a paper airplane, What's your value change to? What about when life gets too much and you feel like somebody's stomping on you? What's your value then? What about if you're dirty? Somebody puts you on the ground and you make some bad decisions. Does your value change? These are all questions that we have to ask ourselves because understand this, the value of that $10 never changed no matter what it looks like. Now, can you believe that your value never changes, no matter what you look like? When God looks, he sees your heart. He doesn't focus on the mistakes. He focuses on the inside. It's a choice that we make. Let me read Isaiah 58.8 again, out of the Amplified. Then shall your light break forth like the morning. What he's talking about is simply this, when you start to trust God, your life starts to change, breaks forth like the morning, and your healing, your restoration, the power of a new life shall spring forth speedily. What it's saying is this, is that when you allow God to come into your life, when you open up your heart and you say, God, I know that I am unworthy, but because you are worthy and you chose me, that makes me worthy. When you realize those thoughts right there, everything starts to change. You start to become healed, healthy, whole. That's what God starts to do in our world. Your righteousness, your righteousness, your justice and your right relationship with God shall go before you, conducting you to peace and prosperity and the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. It's not about what we do physically. It's about a choice that we make to say, God, I just want to follow through with you. Yeah, but, but I've done this in my past. doesn't matter. Yeah, but I made this mistake. doesn't matter. Yeah, but what about all these things? Listen, the Bible teaches us one great thought. It says this, God's ways are higher and greater than ours. Do you know who the one that is holding you back from realizing that you're worthy? that person you see in the mirror every day. Understand this. God is not the one who is picking all the bad things out of your life. He's saying, just come follow me and let me show that light where it's never been before so we can start that healing process. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com.